This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. Last week, I opened my show introducing my guests, filmmaker Matt Mickelson and my engineer Bob Small. We all have something in common right now. We have a love for the Netflix show with a big heart, and I am talking again about Cobra Kai. With its sly spinoff from the original Karate Kid, and let's face it, that may be one of the most endearing movies of all time. Its feel-good factor is at the top. Matt, Bob, and I didn't have enough time to speak about Cobra Kai last week and the martial arts that it embraces. So we are back again today to finish our outpouring of love for the show and why we are so possessed by it right now. Perhaps it's a twist on the theme of when the curtain comes down, real life takes over, and the honest handling of life past high school, bullying, social media shaming, developing one's personal strength, and finding a mentor. Cobra Kai has a lesson, drama, and a lot of humor for us all. And perhaps during the time and struggles of COVID-19, our need for a feel-good series is ripe. But today, we also welcome a third and fourth guest. If we are going to speak about martial arts, then we should have a martial arts expert. And I am thrilled to welcome to the show Yao and Dory Lee, martial arts masters. And I have to say, Yao Li, it's so interesting. He is originally from Taiwan. After settling in America, he made martial arts his lifeblood. And it was in a martial arts class that he met his wife-to-be, Dory. They have developed a successful studio in Boston, and they have taught celebrities such as Giselle, Giselle Bündchen and Boston Celtics legend Robert Parrish. Yao Li is one of the former AAU National Martial Arts Champions, and they both now work in Kansas City, Missouri. So we have our experts ready. All I have to do is welcome Matt Mickelson, Bob Small, Yao Li, and Dory Lee to center stage. It is a pleasure everyone. And I'm so excited we get to speak about this wonderful TV series again. You know, last week we spoke about the infectious popularity of Cobra Kai, and we touched on some of the major martial arts films of our time. I think all of us in the studio just dream about being martial arts experts, but yet we have the real contenders here with Yao and Dory. So my first question is to you two. I understand that you have watched Cobra Kai, and as martial arts experts, are you guys entertained? Yes, we are. I'm so thrilled uh, to hear that. For sure, yes. Um, and I have to tell you, uh, we skipped season two to get to the final episode. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> so we watched the first season, uh, so anyways, to prepare, because uh, I know there's a, there's a big battle at the end, and... I'm sure oh, you yeah. want to talk about that, but yeah. So this is your life, Yao and Dory. I mean, this is basically your life that we are seeing played out in, in the dojo on Cobra Kai. Yeah. So we started Kung Fu back in the 70s in Boston. I'm an immigrant from Taiwan, and uh, I just needed to feel good about myself and... Uh, oh. So I joined the Kung Fu School, and Dory was actually already there. She was in the events class, and I was in the beginner's class. We were both <laughs> students. I was in high school, and she was, I think, going to Boston College. So that's, that's my humble beginning. 
That's fantastic. I get the impression that everyone that gets into martial arts is really looking for more than just the power of the fist. They're actually looking for the power of reflection and inner peace. Would I be right in that, Yao and Dori? Well, I I think I can pick up on that, Pam, because um, my first introduction to martial arts was the Kung Fu TV show. And Mm. I was really drawn to the whole idea of what I perceived to be this kind of higher level of being that could be achieved through studying uh, this particular method. That is so well said. That is so well said. I love. Now, now, Bob and Matt, you know, kung fu was pretty wonderful. David Carradine. I mean, really, in the seventies, at one oh, point, yeah. that was the top-rated television show. And I'm yeah. so glad you brought it up, Dory. Matt, what well, do you think? Well, I was afraid of kung fu because I thought you had to, you know, brand yourself with that red hot anvil like they do in the opening <laughs> of the show. No. I'm like, oh, that's no. what I got to do. I just want to kick and punch a little bit, you know. And not only that, you have to walk into barefoot. No. And Grasshopper. Grasshopper. Yes. Oh, you can call me Grasshopper all day. That's cool. I just didn't want to, you know, get a, a burnt tattoo in my arm. But You're I think... Right. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I never even thought about that. I, <laughs> That's the one image that really stuck yeah. with me. <laughs> right, right. I guess I was too much of a teenager. Matt is the youngest one here, guys, so, you know, he would have that reaction. Um, Bob Small, were you a fan of, of Kung Fu? Oh, yeah. I remember watching every episode. It was a fantastic yes. series. And I'm just amazed at, at what um, the actor did there, because... I, I've seen him in other stuff since, and he he can be nothing like that character. Correct. He's a very good actor. And it's interesting that at the same time, that's really when Bruce Lee was coming out with Enter the Dragon, I believe. <clears throat> I mean, you know, so the whole martial arts and kung fu idiom was so popular at that point. Um, Yao and, and Dory, one thing I read, and I think this is really interesting, um, is that... Uh, Kung Fu was originally conceived in idea by Bruce Lee, apparently. At least that's what his wife wrote yeah. in her memoir. And he says yeah, he said that Hollywood stole the story from him. Yes, that's that's what we've he, both heard. Yes, he was he that was his idea and he wants to star in it. But then they picked David Carradine and then Bruce was discouraged to um by that and went to Hong Kong and started making movies there. Right. <laughs> well, he did become a legend in Hollywood eventually with Enter the Dragon, yeah. now didn't he? So he, he that's, just, that's, that's just to show you when you have, you just, the talent, the talent, you just can't hide talent. Exactly. Exactly. Now, guys, we're talking about shows right now, Cobra Kai and Kung Fu, that really have a positive edge. You know, there's something to be learned. They're like parables. And Matt, I, I want to know your, your impression right now during the time of, of COVID and our uh-huh. pandemic. Do you think Hollywood is turning? Well, let's put it this way. Do you think Hollywood is looking backwards, trying to find a more positive resonance for well, us? Well, I mean, Hollywood is constantly looking backward just because there's, uh, you know, very, very, um, there, there's not a lot of people out brave enough to do new ideas because they don't see the money in it. And they see something that was already successful and they're like, well, let's just repeat it. If it's half as successful, we'll still make a few bucks. Mm-hmm. But um Unfortunately, that that stifles a lot of creativity. I mean, uh, even the uh, people who made Twilight, they bought up all the 
rights to a, a bunch of 80s movies because they're just going to remake, you know, everything with with cell phones. Um, you know, so you'll have 16 candles, but they'll just text each other and solve whatever plot uh, pitfalls and then a movie will be three minutes long. Um, but uh, but also with Cobra Kai, what I really appreciate and, and I think maybe this is an, a YouTube thing or a Netflix thing. They were kind of given free reign to uh, take the story in the direction that they wanted to as opposed to you know, someone directing it from their, their marketing office. Um, and, and it really gave rise to, A, uh, letting each character be totally different and seeing Johnny, mac- making the audience feel bad for Johnny and making the audience see what a jerk uh, Ralph Macchio's character has grown into. Right. And, and it also shows that, that pe- people can't handle power most of the time. They get a little bit of power and unfortunately they'll 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 blindly use it you know for um you know self gratification and not see that it's a bad thing yeah um, yeah i love like the scene. like the students who all this like uh, the young student who uh, uh all of a sudden has this great ability and he abuses it or ralph macchio who has a lot of money and now he abuses it um and and it just shows how you know whether you, you started off not a good person or a or you are a good person, you, you could easily be swayed and corrupted by power, whether that's power of the fist or power of money. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that really comes to the top for me in Cobra Kai is that we all tend to be identifying in some way with Johnny Lawrence. You know, mm-hmm. we're identifying with, with the underdog. He's really a good guy. He's looking for salvation. He's looking for a restorative power. And what he's trying to build with the new Cobra Kai is actually quite a wonderful thing. And and we're seeing so many fantastic sequences, I, th- I feel, of real choreographed, quite artistic martial arts sequences. So back to Yao and, and Dory here. Can you answer to us what kind of kung fu are they doing? I know there are so many different kinds of martial arts. You know, I, I have no idea the, the wide panoply out there. Well, from what I saw... It's a lot of footwork sweeps, which is that was will be typically kung fu moves. A lot of groundwork, and uh, uh, the I thought the choreography did it. Choreographer did a great job because it flows really nice, and you can tell that they practice before they shoot it, and uh, the the shooting of the they, they capture the action well. The timing's good. And uh, so, um, yeah, I think that they did a great job. And in terms of the, um, it's not like a Jet Li, they, they call it Wushu. Like, Wushu is a national sport in China where they actually have some really, really amazing athletes and martial artists who do those things. So, mm-hmm. but that, that's not going to do it for the American audience because it's just different. Yeah. So what I thought, I thought, I thought the technique that they picked was perfect for Kobukai production. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting to me that um, Jet Li has kind of turned everything. Well, Jet Li really and Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. they've they've Especially turned martial arts yeah. out to be a major industry and in being clever. I'm. 
I, I can think of half a dozen Jet Li films where he's using different props. You know, for instance, the um, an umbrella, and right. and where you know he takes that theme and it becomes so beautiful and elegant, and yet so right. ath- athletic. Yeah. And then, uh, and there's a backstory on that in Kung Fu. Um, weapons would be made out of what was available. So there's actually an umbrella form that, mm-hmm. that you can learn. Is that that's right? full of umbrella techniques or bench form or fan form, um, which would have been typically carried by a scholar. Oh, um, beautiful. <laughs> I, like I have a, a quick question for uh, Yao and Dory. Do, when students come in and dispel the... the um, the rumor that 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 uh, movie kung fu and karate is just like regular kung fu and karate because I, I imagine a lot of students come in and say, "Oh, I want to do that thing that I saw in that movie," mm-hmm. and you have to go, uh, "I'm sorry, but that doesn't really exist. It's not a thing." Um, but you know, and you have to show them that uh, there's a lot more concentration involved, and it's just not a quick, easy thing. Do you do you get a lot of that? I do. We do. We got. I got like this. Uh, Start to the drunken style, so the guy was calling. So look, I just want to learn drunken style. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm really good at that. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you gotta have a little bit more background than just to um, pretend that you are drunken, and then you. So basically, this concept of that is to let people underestimate you. So there was acting involved. Like you don't know what you're doing, but you do know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wow. you're intentionally yeah. off balance. And, right. Uh, Fantastic. I would think that'd be a so style very just... popular in the Boston area. <laughs> yeah, right. Samuel, you know, Samuel Adams. <laughs> so, you know, like you got to have your, you got to do your stance work. You got to do your training, physical training, stretching, uh, learn the moves, and then you can learn the drunken style after that. Yeah. But hmm. you can't just go straight into drunken style. So the answer to your question, yeah, people want to do certain things like a straight store, which is very elegant, like Crouching Tiger, they use the straight store. And, mm-hmm. But you have to kind of get your foundation first. You can't just go put the whipped cream on top of the cake. There's no cake. <laughs> of course, and we all want that immediately. You mentioned Crashing Tiger. We, we spoke about that last week quite a bit, and the music that we started today was actually Tan Dunn, and it was not from Crouching Tiger, but one of his one of his drum choruses, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Yo, uh, and Dory, I want to ask you guys about the, the issue of serious injury in in kung fu, you know. Um, now I know you went direct to the the final episode in the second series, and you, you have a lot to look forward to, you know, in the second series, working up to that. And we don't want to give a, a, too much of a spoiler here, but there is a magnificent choreographed martial arts scene. It's it's like a rumble in a school, mm-hmm. and it, it reminded me of West Side Story and really <laughs> gang warfare, you know, done so well. I was waiting for people to break into song. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I, I always wonder about injury, you know. It must be rife. And, and how do you deal with this? I mean, even in the studio when you're teaching. Well, yeah, um, and even uh, in filming, there could have been a serious injury um, on that set. And um, actually, one of our students who went on to be a very successful martial artist, Pam, I think I sent you a A Richard Brandon, or a clip of Richie Brandon, Mm -hmm. Um, and he was a Power Ranger. Um, He was one of the stuntmen, and he he was up. Yeah, well, he was up 
they had him strung up on a wire and the wire snapped and he broke his leg so um oh but my. yeah the, the, certainly injuries uh, are for any sport or activity um and when we first started uh the training was pretty traditional there wasn't a lot of safety considerations mm-hmm. uh, for example my first day of training um what stands out in my mind was um, we we were in a, a golden chicken or a crane stance, the one-legged stance that you see Ralph Macchio do oh, uh-huh. yes. in Karate Kid. And from there, you do a snap kick followed by a jumping snap kick, and you land in a split, Oh, um, which is great if you've ever done a split before in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Could be challenging. If you haven't. So our first Kung Fu teacher, our studio was on the second floor. And he used to say it's really hard to get people to crawl back up once they've crawled down the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> of course. Uh, but then in the 80s, um, and I, yeah, when I had, had two children and they were coming along, um, aerobics was becoming popular. That got my attention. I'm like, wow, you can work out and to music. That might be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I became certified as a personal trainer and, of course, you know, um, we started bringing in all of those safety protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think as martial arts has evolved, yeah, the training has improved in that way also. Well, that's a good thing. In, you know, in the tournaments, because in tournaments, even back in the 80s, I recall, yeah, I might have a different um, remembrance of this, but people wore mouth guards. They had head protectors, mm-hmm. uh, uh, grind protection, uh, chest protection. Um, and then there were a lot of illegal strikes to the kidneys, back of the head, um, face, and uh, groin, just different things like that. So when, when we were doing tournaments back in the 80s, uh, there was no boxing glove, nothing. It was bare knuckles, just like we saw in the Cobra Kai. Yeah. yeah. You know, there was, there, so like, we were watching the last episode in season two. They were saying, hey, they're not wearing protective gears. At all. I think, well, we don't have protection. Oh, well, that was season one, the end of season one. Oh, yeah, season one, sorry. Yeah, (laughs) season one. Uh, I was like, yeah, I remember that. We just go and duke it out. But you you didn't have mouth guard or anything? Nothing. It was just just real primitive that way back in the 80s, you know? But then it started to change. Now you have hit hit gears, you know, and... And what about and these illegal think, moves? How can they allow illegal moves in these kind of competitions? Uh, no, they don't. They yeah. don't. You, they, you'd be disqualified. They, you'd be disqualified. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you didn't hurt the other person before they disqualified it happened, you. You know, there was plenty of nose bleeding and, and oh, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So I got to ask. Like you, in the original movie, I was going to say. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So do you guys yell at the TV a lot, you know, as far as, uh, you know, <laughs> things that have been Hollywoodized that would never happen in an actual class or uh, in the kung f- in the uh, uh, martial arts community? Mm. No. I mean, we we know entertainment. You know, we're just going with mm-hmm. it, and we enjoyed it. I mean, I was really enjoyed the series. Mm-hmm. First I saw it, I go, oh, I was excited to see it, but then... You know, I'm so jaded that way. Yeah. Like, I don't want to spend another half an hour, an hour watching another Kung Fu movie. I watched it all my life. <laughs> but then Pam was telling Dory, hey, you got to check this out. And there were some other students 
start saying, hey, this is really fun. And so we go, okay, let's do this. Let's watch it. Have you had a big uptick of new students because of it? Or Yeah. Well, so I, we moved to Kansas City five years ago. Uh-huh. And so we teach in various locations, except mostly all online right now. Um, but we, I don't think we will open a studio here. It's not really in our plan. Uh, this was more of a time for us to come out and uh, retire, really, uh-huh. um, and, and still teach, but uh, not have to teach. So. That's a wonderful thing. And uh, guys, yeah. I, I have to confess right now, I, I love these two people, Yao and Dory, because Dory is actually training me in Tai Chi. Really? And this yep. is this is a six degrees of separation story, and I won't get into it, but I, it's the best thing I've ever done. I adore it. I absolutely adore it. And, you know, there's something very operatic about the pacing and the strength and the breathing in Tai Chi. And I would imagine all martial arts. And I become so excited. I, I want her to, to take me on further. But, you know, were, were I'll you get back to you. doing wax on, wax off? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... We're not there yet, yet, there yet, are we, Dory? No, but I, I, I do want to shout out to Pam. She's a great student oh, and uh, a pleasure to teach. I just want to let you know, An Lee, the director An Lee from yeah. Taiwan, Yeah, his first movie is called Push Hand, which is a Tai Chi uh, sport where you engage with each other, but you don't punch, you just kind of feel each other out and push each other. Really? Uh, to, and so that was... Uh, a very good movie. Huh. And so, yeah. Is that kind of like uh, who can pull the other one off off their balance or push yeah, them? Exactly. Uh-huh. And uh, the story is, you know, simple story. His son married an American woman, and he's from Taiwan, so he's kind of feels stuck in the isolated suburban lifestyle, this, this, um, this man. So then he was um, somehow involved with um, the community and then uh, it was you don't just, want to give too no much. I don't want to give that right. too much <laughs> it's a great movie I think you guys like yeah. it. <laughs> but it was like a shoestring budget wow you know it's the first film ever so mm. it made sense that Ang Lee eventually came full circle around to Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon then yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and talk about a beautiful that, film yeah. it's also made on a shoestring <laughs> full of money <laughs> <laughs> right I mean yeah. that's the yeah again tell them you just can't hide tell them yeah uh, and, and back to kind of answering would we be screaming at the TV like oh this isn't <laughs> really um, we watched a lot of old kung fu movies the 70s mm-hmm. and uh the things like i think the last movie when i finally said you know yeah i, I don't think i want to watch any more of these um because we used to go to chinatown to the cinema there to watch them oh but it was oh. called the fatal flying guillotine oh yeah oh. and uh so i don't know if you guys have seen that one but yeah. <laughs> i mean they're just like you can see the rope hanging from this helmet <laughs> which has a guillotine that's flying sideways <laughs> underneath it <laughs> so it's like you know, we've seen all that stuff. Yeah, we've seen it. We don't need to go there again. I think Tarantino <laughs> actually repeats that in one of his movies. Because, as you know, Tarantino's really? a big kung fu oh, wow. movie fan. That's yeah. correct. Uh, there's <laughs> always a reference point. Matt, I've got to ask you, what yeah. is your – is there a favorite moment for you in Cobra Kai? Uh, can you think of, of anything? I can't think of just one moment. But I, I just really enjoy, you know, the, the ride of – 
you know, watching Johnny actually learn that, you know, this past 30 years, he's been a bit of a butt. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and he's just now realizing that, hey, I don't have to be like that anymore. I don't have to be this yeah. loser that beats himself up over whatever failings I had 30 years ago. And and, and this is this kind of reflects in a in uh, what I heard from a Buddhist. I don't know if it's a Buddhist philosophy, but, you know, instead of complaining about a failure you had in the past, you start where you are and move forward. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's kind of the message that Johnny got. I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but um, that, you know, he had one kid that believed in him all of a sudden. He's like, well, yeah, well, wh- wh- why don't I do that? But at the same time, he's still who he is. So he mm-hmm. makes a lot of mistakes and calls people's names that they're not supposed to say anymore that were fine in the 80s and um, mm-hmm. and also is very ignorant of a lot of things. Like he was in a time machine or in a box for the past 30 years and, and just let out. And we love that somehow. Somehow. We just... Well, I think it's a reflection of us. Yes. Because it shows the fight club mentality of the, this generation that has grown up thinking they'd all be movie gods you know, rock stars and billionaires, and they're not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now yeah. they got to start over. And they've got to start over. And we you know? do love to root for the loser who who's on the rise. Well, nine times out of ten, the loser is us. Yeah, exactly. That's why we identify. This with is it. this identification. You know, maybe um, that's why I, my favorite scene is the first time the two of them have a drink together. Yes, and another yes. drink, and another drink, and, and you know, and it, things are going okay. Yeah, and I think this is foreshadowing for what's coming in the next. Yeah, episodes. I do too. More drinking? N- well, <laughs> no doubt, but I think I think they're going to team up. I think they're going to team oh, up yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's going to be a risk. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I gotta, I gotta, you got to start somehow. <laughs> and and also about uh, Dory, the Tai Chi, I, I always had a uh, 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 an idea that is Tai Chi just really slow karate? Can you just speed Tai Chi up and then you're 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 doing something else? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's, all of the movements in Tai Chi, of course, are martial arts techniques, uh-huh. and um, they won't be effective if they're performed, you know, at a slow speed. But what you do get to understand at that slow speed is the connectivity um, uh, with your breath, um, the subtleness of your balance and how it shifts from the front of your foot to the back of your foot. Uh-huh. Um, you gain greater uh, body awareness to well, I, I would think that once yeah. and once you build that in muscle memory, I mean, w- then you just speed it up. The balance, the balance is the big mm-hmm. issue, and yeah. the control is mm-hmm. wonderful. And um, mm-hmm. and you know what? We've already gone through all what? our time, folks. I can't believe this. Listen, Yao and Dory Lee, I want to thank you for joining us. I mean, I you've been incredible. To... And it's okay, Matt. We'll let you back in I another did, I, time. I didn't even get to bring up SpongeBob and karate. And... <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah. Matt Mickelson, thank you. Bob Small, Yao, and Dory Lee, thank you so much for being on Center Stage. I've loved it. Every, everybody, look for Series 3 of Cobra Kai coming to us in January. And in the meantime, this is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage. Thank you.